Well, as usual, I'm laughing at myself already. Well, at least someone is, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, at least someone's amused. I entertain myself. (laughs) Uh, Good evening. Evening, yes. It is evening. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so happy September. Mm -hmm. Oh. Well, it's not that happy a September. It's not, it's not, no, it isn't. We've got a mention, Liz. We have got a mention, Liz. Yeah. Um, we're not going to have a minute silence. No. Because that'll mess with everybody's head when they're <laughs> listening to the podcast, thinking yes. that it's gone off. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's in all seriousness, mm-hmm. it's been a sad week, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been very, very sad for everybody, I think. I think so. I, I think, think, And I think people are affected who didn't expect to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not a massive royalist. I wouldn't put myself no. in that category, but I think... Queen Elizabeth but a lot of respect fabulous. for Queen Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. absolutely! Because yeah. you know, still working, even even like, so like the day before yeah. her yeah. death. Yeah, remarkable. Although you know, people did say that she was clearly desperate to hang on to say goodbye to Boris, <laughs> and in that, <laughs> she in in her last mm-hmm. official act, she once again echoes the sentiment of the populace. Mm-hmm. So well done. Yeah. Um, we'll miss you. Good and faithful servant, absolutely. We will not see her like again. Mm-hmm. We are the She Watchables podcast. Yeah, we are Betty and Rita. We are, and we are re-watching, she-watching mm-hmm. British films. And I think this is this is a very, very British film. Yeah. Um, and I think it's quite uh, it's quite apt. Yeah. For for the month. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. Because it's all about the Secret Service. Yeah, protecting the Empire. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? What are we doing this month? Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. We are. We felt oh, like... the 2011 version, we should say. Yes, not the 1979 TV version. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because we've had far too much fun in our last couple of months, yeah, we haven't have, we? Yeah. Far yeah. too much levity. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we're taking we it seriously. It yes, we're mm-hmm. taking it seriously this month. Um, so it's a 2012 film. So yeah, ten years old. Am oh, right? I've got it as 2011. Oh, do you know what? I, I think that? you're right. I think it is 2011. I, I think, think it was in the 16th of 2000... September 2011. I think you're right. Out, oh, but... Once again, lack of I don't research. know. Don't trust no, me. No, I'm not right, right on these things. It was. It was involved. <laughs> it was involved in a small way. We'll come back to this shortly. It was involved in a small way in most. 2012 award ceremonies. It was. So I think that's yeah. where I've got that from. Mm-hmm. But no, you're quite right. It was uh, released in 2011. Mm-hmm. It's set in the early 1970s. Yes. Which is abundantly clear from the mise-en-scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> abundantly clear. <laughs> yeah. Again, which we'll, uh, we'll come back to. So quick plot synopsis. Because it's quite complicated, but basically... Yeah. It's quite simple. George Smiley. Mm-hmm is coaxed from retirement to find a Soviet agent working in MI6. The agent is likely hidden amongst the uh, top people, his Mm -hmm. ex-colleagues in the circus, who have kind of forced him and control out of of their jobs. Mm -hmm. So it's all a bit underhanded, you know, backstabbing. Sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky, spy, spy. It is. Yeah. I believe that was the Japanese title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, with an IMDb score of seven. 
I know. I don't what? understand why it's so underrated. I know. I know. And I'm just stunned mm-hmm. by its lack of awards. Yeah, me too. I, I was a bit flawed. I was just like, whoa. Like, I mean, I know it was up against some tough it competition. Was. Uh-huh. Because the artist pretty came much out. swept the board. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was something different. Yes. For like out for that time. Mm-hmm. And still this time, I guess, the artist. Like yeah. no no one's ever really done anything like it since. Not quite, no. Not really. No. Um but yeah. Wow, it was so neglected by the awards. Yes. Uh, I mean, the thing that I was particularly... Well, two things I was particularly stunned by. Um, we have nothing from the Screen Actors Guild. Mm-hmm. Not a single mm-hmm. nomination. And again, I checked. This is probably where I've got my uh, years mixed up. Mm-hmm. I checked after doing 2012. Yeah. I then checked 2011. Just in case. Like, no, they must, have yeah. put it in, they must have put it in the previous mm-hmm. year. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Not yeah. a nomination. Uh, the ensemble category, which is the one that we always like, yeah. that's what I thought it would perhaps win. Uh, I think the help won it that year, right? Okay, which, you know, was a perfectly fine film, mm-hmm. but I don't recall it having a stellar ensemble cast. I mean, not on the level yeah, of this film, yeah. Like the ensemble cast for the help is fantastic, but yeah. like it's like the who's who. Yeah, of I think this is where the problem is British. Cinema, yes, um, and and then obviously it's directed by a Swedish director, mm-hmm. and so I just think that it was just like a little bit of snobbery, snobbery. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think if you look up snob yeah. in the dictionary, it says <laughs> C Screen Actors Guild uh, treatment of Tinker Tailor Soldiers yeah. by 2012. I'm not sure the Oscars did much better no, to be absolutely fair. Absolutely not. And the other thing, um, the Ensemble Award, the other thing that stunned me is it was not even nominated for an Oscar for costume design, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I mean, or cinematography, or cinematography, no, nothing it's unbelievable. Frankly, unbelievable. I think Gary Oldman was nominated for an Oscar. It was his first that's Best right. Actor nomination mm-hmm. out of his entire career. It's like, that's yes. crazy as well, can I just say? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, again, Jean Dujardin uh, mm-hmm. won, didn't he? Yeah, he Which did, is yeah. fine. Yeah. It's a very, very good film. It's a very, very good performance. But, yes. Um, yeah. It's a baffle. It really, yeah. really is, yeah. It did win a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, it won the Central Ohio Film Critic Award for Best Ensemble. That well-known award. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It won a few other kind of niche American um, awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won, this, is, this puzzled me, the Crime Thriller UK Award for Best Film. I wouldn't say it's a crime thriller. No, you? not really. But also, I can't imagine... That category is particularly big either. Not really, no. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't actually look up what it was up against. I know, yeah, Maybe I kind of want to know Maybe now. I should, yeah. I know the, now. One thing that I did learn as well is that the Dublin Film Critics Circle Award, and mm-hmm. certain others as well, they have places. You don't just win. Right. There's a second place and a oh. third place and a fourth place right. and so on. Uh-huh. How depressing if you came last... In your category. Yeah, At least if you don't win an Oscar, you might just kid yourself that there was probably a whisker oh, between you. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. But they actually have places. So I think Ooh. Thomas Alfredson came fourth, I think. Right. Um, in, you know, best uh, director. I, I, 
I don't know what that's about. No, I just think that's really disheartening. It is a bit (laughs) for everyone concerned. (laughs) Even if you came second, it's like you know, you'd want to know. Well, how much by? Yeah, true. It's like when you get an A minus in an exam. (laughs) Oh, I don't think I ever got an A minus or an A of any kind. (laughs) (laughs) I I did, but they mean nothing now because they're all like oh yeah, numbers exactly. Not even just numbers now. It's like level something. Yeah, I just don't understand anymore. Me neither. Um, One um, award of note was the Alliance of Women Film Journalists, which won. um, It won the award movie you wanted to love but just couldn't. What? Yeah, I don't know what that's about either. I'm so confused And I don't that. understand why you would not love it also. Yeah. Why, why could you not? No idea. That needs an explanation. It does, yeah, yeah. Also, I'm intrigued what else, what other films they've given that award to. Mm-hmm. So, yes, True. more yeah. research required. Footnote. The Association of Women Film Journalists appear to make up awards each year for films worthy of special mention, and presumably this award falls into that category. This year's special mentions include Most Egregious Lovers Age Difference Award, handed to No Time to Die, and the She Deserves a New Agent Award, awarded to Melissa McCarthy for her film The Starling, a film about a starling. The Crime Thriller UK Awards are handed out each year to films, TV dramas, male and female actors and literature in the crime genre. In 2012, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy beat Drive, The Dark Knight Rises and The Guard to the Best Film Dagger, which I couldn't find a picture of, but is presumably an award shaped like a dagger. Um, Is it rewatchable? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Did you understand it in, in its entirety the first time you saw it? No. When was the first time you saw it? Um, probably around its release. I can't yeah. remember if I went to the cinema or if I actually just watched it on DVD when it came out, but it was pretty pretty around 2011, 2012, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I think we went to the cinema. Yeah. I think we saw it at the cinema. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I didn't understand all of it. Mm-mm. And if I'm dead honest, mm-hmm. there's probably still bits that I don't 100% understand. I was thinking that too. Like, I've seen yeah. it a few times now, and uh, I mean rewatching it for the purpose of the podcast uh-huh. it's maybe been two or three years since i last watched it yeah but even on my rewatches now i was just like oh, did i get that before exactly, or did i yeah. not yeah. i don't know <laughs> i think it 100 percent rewards rewatching yeah absolutely. because every time you either oh forgot about that mm-hmm. or you're like oh ah okay yeah i get that now yeah, now. yeah. Mm-hmm. maybe i'm just a bit thick <laughs> um, but I think it is the film. No, it's, it's John Le Carre. Exactly. A, he's a complex writer. Yes, I think And he's so. a very good writer of spy and sort yes. of intelligence writing. Because know? obviously mm-hmm. he is ex-Secret mm-hmm. Services. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he kind of knows what he's what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, I suppose this kind of brings us on to, is it a bit far-fetched? Um, which is normally a bit further down, but um, based on uh, Le Carre's... Um, Recollections mm-hmm. of his time in the service. Uh, no, Probably seems it's not, not <laughs> far fetched. Yeah. So there were five KGB moles working in the circus in the fifties uh, and sixties. Mm-hmm. And it's a spoiler podcast, everyone. Just in case you weren't <laughs> Watch aware. It first. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the spy, the spy of the spies, the mole. Yeah. Um, Bill Hayden uh, is based on Kim Philby, mm-hmm. who was 
the main guy that um, that came out of that investigation. Yeah, uh, Carl is based on a, a KGB general who was working in the uh, in the Kremlin in the eighties, uh, in the KGB rather. Um, Smiley was based on two of Le Carre's acquaintances, including his boss at MI5. Gary Oldman insists that Smiley's based on John Le Carre, which I think is probably the case. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And Connie's based on another spy and a Sovietologist. Um, Who knew that was a thing? Um, So, yeah, it's probably not that Mm far-fetched, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even toned down to make it seem a bit more quite possibly exactly yeah <laughs> definitely know. so you're not spending the whole movie saying that would never happen. <laughs> Gary Oldman, of course, based his portrayal of Smiley a little bit on Le Carre. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a hundred percent channeling Alec Guinness though. Yeah, he's well. He went back and watched yeah. his performance as well, didn't uh-huh. he? Which I feel like is quite brave. Absolutely, because I mean. How do you stop yourself from just completely copycatting somebody else's performance yes. and just take the bits that you want out of it? Mm-hmm. But also, <laughs> are you comparing like what you're about to do with Alec Guinness, like who's amazing Guinness. as well? Yes. So, brave Gary Oldman pulled it off. Absolutely, yeah. But it's Gary Oldman. Yeah, it is. Uh, anyone else that had done that would mm-hmm. probably have done a copycat. Yeah, and, and there are them. there are little scenes where you think you're just doing Alec Guinness, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, he does make it his own, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Yeah. I don't even know where you start with the rest of the cast. Like you say, it's, it's everyone who's Should anyone. we just rattle some names off? Let's do it. Right, so Gary Oldman, Colin Firth, John Hurt, who I love. Yes. Tom Hardy, Mark Strong, yeah. Toby Jones, Benedict Cumberbatch in yeah. like one of his earlier roles, mm-hmm. uh, David Denchik, who... I didn't recognise his name at first, yeah. but then actually when you do look at his credits on IMDb, he has been in an awful lot. He's in an awful lot of spy films yeah, as well. He yeah. He's that he's that guy that you recognise. You don't know quite what you've seen him in, but yeah. you know he's been in stuff. Uh Kieran Hines. Mm-hmm. Kathy Burke. Yeah. Ah, love Kathy Burke. Stephen Graham. Yeah. Local lad. With his nice curly hair. And and it looks like the, one of the Scousers off uh, Harry Enfield. <laughs> that wasn't he one of the Scousers off the Harry Enfield programme. I'm sure someone <laughs> told me that this week. That may be a lie. Um, yeah, Simon McBurney as well, who, again, he's like he's a face that you recognise. Maybe not a name you recognise, but when yeah. you see him, you go, oh, yeah, he's definitely been in other stuff we've watched. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like they're just the names that I've written down. Yeah. But there's more, I'm sure. There is, and the the people that were considered for parts as well. Oh yeah, um, kind of rounds it off because um, Michael Fassbender was considered for Ricky mm-hmm. Tan, mm-hmm. Um, but he was filming X Men, uh, First Class. Oh yeah, First Class was the ones? that was the all right one, was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That was the first of exactly because the, the second yeah. one should have been called X Men Second Class because <laughs> it really wasn't very good. Um, Jared Harris was considered for Aline, who I think would have been oh. really good. Oh, yeah. Same kind of person. Oh, what a he? shame, actually, that Jared Harris isn't in this, because I'm yeah, sure he would have been great in he would. pretty much any role they put him in. <laughs> he would. But I think you could exactly swap yeah. him for yeah. Toby Jones, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Exactly the same kind of actor. Yes. But obviously Toby Jones is very good in it. He is. Mm-hmm. little bit slimy. I love seeing Toby Jones play a baddie. Yes. You know, it's like... It, you see him in... Like marvelous and you do. and the detectorists mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, 
and I guess quite a lot of his other roles and he's always like playing like a, a nice sort of like lovable person yeah. but then I do just love something about Toby Jones as a bad guy mm. you know yeah. like when he's in Captain America he plays oh, a yes. really good yeah. little creepy he does baddie in that as well so yeah that's off to Toby Jones again he's one of those actors um, and I think I'm quoting Mark Kermode which makes the change from him quoting himself um, <laughs> who is what the Americans call a character actor and what we just call an, an actor, actor. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, I think Colin Firth, I've just made special mention to uh, Colin Firth, uh, who plays Bill Hayden. Mm-hmm. We should guess that he's the mole because everyone else looks dreadful. <laughs> True. He looks like he's been in receipt of lots of money from lots of different people. That is very uh, Everyone else looks shocking. He looks, you know, pretty well turned out. He does. In almost every scene. Yeah, very true. So we should have guessed that from the beginning. Yeah. Really. But... Yeah, again, costume design, got no noms. Um, but Maria Djurkovic, uh, who was the production designer, mm-hmm. she got quite a few awards. Mm-hmm. And very well deserved. Yeah. Because it looks like the 70s, doesn't yeah. it? Everything's kind of hazy, like everyone's been smoking quite a lot. <laughs> True. And everything's orange yes. or brown. Yeah, slight bits of grey, but mostly orange and brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, brilliant colour palette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think um, Thomas Alfredson said that, like, he chose, like, those colours. I mean, obviously, it's set in the 70s, like you said, so kudos to set design and things. But he kind of wanted, like, those colourings throughout the whole film because he said when he went to London Mm -hmm. at that sort of period of time, he said it was really grim and grimy and muddy and stuff. Whereas now, he said, you go, it's like a white city, it's all shiny and new and blah, blah, blah. So... Grim, mm. grimy London in the Cold War. Era. Yeah, mm. yeah. But it does look very, uh, it's very atmospheric. It is. It captures the, the era, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Hoyt von Hoytemer uh, is a DP yeah. who has DP'd on many wonderful mm-hmm. films, uh, mostly uh, Christopher Nolan films. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten that, that he was like DP on like loads of Christopher Nolan films. Yeah. Um, but then this is the interesting one that popped up is let the right one in because I oh, kind yes, of, of I'd kind of like forgotten mm. about that film not forgotten forgotten but just you know it's not one that pops up very often in like no. your general chatting of films and stuff but we watched that together yeah that was like yes. here we watched that yeah and yeah like thinking back to let the right one in now it's like yeah this is like totally got his stamp all over Absolutely. it yeah yeah you know he did i think he's just done a great job as director of photography it's his this. second film yeah and his first english language film mm-hmm. so yeah thomas alfredson um not the dp obviously yeah. um yeah but then so, when you look at enough. um when you look at Hoyt's sort of work as well with christopher nolan mm-hmm Sort you of, can see, yeah, the, yeah. The he's got like a real good sort of style about him, where it creates like this atmosphere, mm-hmm. but everything's quite simplistic and isolated. Like he keeps yeah. things quite cool looking. So like in yes, Tenet, cool. Yes, of course. In Tenet, yeah. it's all it's very, very clinical. much about yeah. It is yeah. that's yeah. the best uh-huh. word for it. Clinical, yeah. definitely. It was um, it was shot on film, mm-hmm. which, to be honest, I know people say oh, it was shot on film. It was shot digitally, and I go, okay, yeah, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> um, but I watched this week a really interesting documentary mm-hmm. that Keanu Reeves made a few years ago called mm-hmm. Side by Side, and it's a uh, basically a series of interviews 
with different directors talking about the difference mm-hmm. between shooting on film and shooting digitally, and it's really, really interesting. Cool. And the one thing that I got from it is that a lot of directors seem to hate their DP. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, okay. You know, not hate, but... And I've never really thought about this before. When you're shooting on film, so the director says, I want this shot... And the DP mm-hmm. says, okay, we'll do this, da, 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 does the lighting, sets up the frame, whatever, mm-hmm. films it. And the director has no clue mm-hmm. whether that's right until they see the dailies. Right, Because okay. they literally just go off in the evening, you know, mm-hmm. do the magic with the film, they come back in the morning and they say, there you go. And if you've got a good DP, then you go, oh, my mm-hmm. word. It does, does look exactly as I wanted it. Yeah. And if you've not, then or something might be out of focus. It might be an amazing shot, but mm-hmm. it, something's just out of focus. You can't use that shot. Um, well, with, with digital, obviously, you can see it straight away. You can see exactly what you're getting. Yeah, of course. Um, and there was a lot of frustration, I, I felt, mm-hmm. between these directors who had had bad experiences where the DP had said, no, nah, it's fine, it's going to look it's gonna look right, this. You know? <laughs> and then the next day, like, what is this? This oh, is dear. not what I had. You know, this is not my vision. Mm-hmm. So shooting on film, to cut a long story short, is I, I never really realised what a risky prospect it is. It's mm-hmm. expensive mm-hmm. and you don't really know what you're getting. Yeah. So I think um, the moral of the story is if you're going to shoot on film, get Hoyt von Hoytemer yes. to be your DP because you will not be you're disappointed. You're not going to go wrong. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the rest of the the crew, obviously mm-hmm. the book was written uh, in 1974 by uh, John le Carre. Mm-hmm. Um, the screenplay was written by, well, I didn't realise, they were a husband and wife team. Oh, were they? Um, Bridget yeah, O'Connor and Peter Strown, yeah. Um, and obviously Bridget O'Connor oh. passed away before the film was finished which is yeah. why it's dedicated to it mm-hmm. um, they were nominated for an oscar for best adapted screenplay yeah but beaten by the descendants i do like the descendants i like the descendants but i mean oh I'm, I'm assuming this is a very complicated book you know and they've yes. made a, a a film that's complicated but but followable mm-hmm. um out of it so I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I'm going to have to rewatch The Descendants and sort of like weigh this up for myself. I wouldn't even put the two in the same like category. I don't know. And I've obviously not read either of the source materials, so Mm -mm. um, yeah, probably couldn't comment on which is the best adaptation. But there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have an MVP, or is it just impossible? (laughs) Um, No, I did. I, I did sort of toil over it for a little while, but I decided that it is Gary Oldman. He is my MVP. Yeah. Yeah, because Gary Oldman is known for being super expressive with his acting, mm-hmm. with his like face. You know, that's kind of what he does. He's, he's like a proper good character. He is a character actor. He's yes. a character actor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm sorry. We know what you mean. <laughs> um, but in in this film, like, I feel like you learn so much about George Smiley in the first twenty minutes of the film. Yes. And he's not in the first ten. He's not in the first (laughs) ten. But also, he doesn't talk until, like, 18 minutes into the film. His first line is 18 minutes into the film. And already you feel like you you know what sort of person George Smiley is. Exactly. He's, like, super loyal. Mm -hmm. Yes. To to everyone. Yeah, to everyone. Mm. He is obviously, like, he's a watcher. Yes, is a sit-back-and-watch uh-huh. sort of person. You know, he'll only say something if he's actually got something to say. Yeah. Yeah, I... I yeah. It's Gary Oldman. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, um, I haven't put a, a name down, but mm-hmm. 
probably just because mm-hmm. it was fairly obvious. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the cast are stellar, mm-hmm. but yeah, it just yeah. holds the whole narrative together and yeah. the film together, and you mm-hmm. know, it, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. And should have got an Oscar. They should have. It's unbelievable. That scene that really does it for me with Gary Oldman is um, where he finds all the chess pieces in Control's apartment. Oh, and yeah. He's tur- and he's slowly turning around and you can almost see he that he's dreading it. turning the pieces round because he knows he's going to find his face stuck to one he of does. them. And he does. And that look oh. is like, how could the how person could that I am like the most loyal to yes. yeah. suspect me of being... Yeah. But that's what it takes, I suppose, to be the person at the top of your game. Yeah. Trust nobody. Even when everybody else is saying mm. you're full of rubbish and there isn't yep. a mole. Yeah. So let's do favourite scenes mm-hmm. while we're on that particular scene. Yeah. Um, I love um, the scene with uh, Peter Gwillem getting the, the documents. Yes. Oh, it's so tense. I mean, it's not quite uncut gems. <laughs> I've still not seen that. I can't bring myself to watch it. <laughs> Do you have beta blockers in the house? Because you may need them. Um, but yeah, it's not quite legit. on that level. <laughs> I'd like to see a remake of Tinker Tailor Soldiers by, directed by the Safdie brothers. They would ramp it up. Um, but but it's getting there. Okay, it's getting yeah. there. You are you are so tense, tense for it, aren't you? Yeah, incredibly yeah. tense. And it's very well worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a very too. good... Uh, I like the flashbacks, like the Christmas party yes. flashbacks, just yeah. because you see, like... You see people off duty. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's fun to, like, see people, like, in that sort of, you know, everyone supposedly got their guards down. I'm doing air yeah. quotes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who can't see me, because <laughs> we're on the radio, on the wireless. On the wireless. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, like, everyone's got the guards down, mm-hmm. but actually... They've not. No. They've not. Yeah, they're still, they're still all, all sneaking and spying. Yeah, sneaky, yeah, sneaky, yeah. spy, spy. And again, apparently <laughs> this was a thing. They did have raucous parties. Oh, I can um, this was, Yeah, this was a thing. I do like the bit where um, John Hurt controls shouts at <laughs> Toby oh, Jones. For not making the punch strong, making the strong enough. enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is very funny. Yeah, that is good. I like um, the the after after the, uh, the, the document lift. Uh, at the circus, mm-hmm. I like the the little soiree with the uh, Gwillem and uh, Smiley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love that whole monologue that he does about Carla. Yeah, um, it's one of those masterclass in acting, <laughs> isn't it? I'm acting. Yeah. This is my Oscar scene. Yeah, um, I don't know if it was, but it, you know, it, it should have. Maybe been. it is. What got in the nod? <laughs> but apparently, um, that was. Uh, it was it was a deliberate choice mm-hmm. to not put in a flashback there. Okay. On yeah. the uh, the reason that Smiley can't quite remember what Carla looks like because we never see Carla. Yes. hundred percent, do we? Uh-uh. We just see little bit. Just see snippets. Yeah. And this is because Smiley doesn't really remember what mm-hmm. he looked like. So in order to do a flashback, you'd have to have you'd have to cast someone. You'd have to see them properly. Yeah. Wouldn't you? And it takes away um, that mystery. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why they decided to do it yeah. as they did, where he's just talking across the table to mm-hmm. an imaginary Carla and mm-hmm. recalling the conversation. Yeah. Um, that is a great scene. I love that. It's such a good scene. Mm-hmm. And he takes his lighter. Grr. Grr. Yeah. How dare he? How very dirty. How rude. I, I like um, uh, Jim Prudhoe's first day teaching. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Poor Owl. <laughs> That's, I've put that under worst slash least favourite scene. And the first yeah. thing I wrote was the Owl. The Owl. What? Why? No, I don't know. Well, well, <laughs> apparently uh-huh. I came across this snippet online. In the book, mm-hmm. and I'm not even sure how this is possible. I think they've made it slightly less far-fetched in the film. Mm-hmm. In the book, he breaks Hayden's neck at the end. He doesn't shoot him. Oh, right. Okay. So the owl in this context, it's a, ah. it's, a, it's, a it's a flash forward. It's right, a, it's okay. It's a portent. Yeah. Um, so okay. you sh- it's showing you. Because I don't think there's any other bits in the film, if I'm right, where we see Prudhoe acting violently in no, any way. No, He's very calm and exactly quiet yeah. and still, isn't yeah. he, really? So I think this is kind of... Oh, no. Okay. Okay. No, he's got it in him. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's like a sort of he doesn't want to see something suffering. Possibly, yeah. It, yeah like I think he probably is. Or, you know, well, curse for, and he yes. doesn't want to see him suffer. Yes. Because this owl's been up the chimney. And it comes so out sort of burnt possi- and singed exactly. and things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's just putting it out of its misery. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it seems a bit brutal. You know, you could have just tried catching it and just checking it was okay and letting it Send back it out. Send it to the RSPCA. Yeah, yeah. I guess in the seventies, that's not how we dealt with owls in no, classrooms. It isn't. No, <laughs> no. And also, it you know scares the life out of the kids. It does. Like they're not going to mess with him again. True. The thing that I don't get mm. um, is the, the chanting like the hunchback of Notre Dame, the bells, mm. the bells. And again, because in the book he, he had a hunch. Right. Um, because of being shot in the shoulder. Okay. So that's why the kids are, you know, taking the mick out of him. Mm-hmm. But in the film, he doesn't have the hunch. So no. why on earth? You know, I'm sorry, this is the only bit of the <laughs> screenplay that I'm going to take, you know, issue with. Yeah. Why don't you just have the kids shouting somewhere else? Yeah. You oh, know, Mark Baldy. Strong. Come on, bring the hunch. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, do one or the other. Work harder for the hunch. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Don't know. Fair enough. So yeah, that's that's my one little little mm-hmm. nitpick, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, but but there you go. And I believe that is a true story that did happen to somebody, um, and oh. I can't remember. I was listening to that on a commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, where a teacher did like kill a, a an animal, a bird. On the I don't think I'd ever forgive that teacher ever no, again. Absolutely not. No, I certainly would... wouldn't be like the little kid Bill that, like, no. you know, sort of like Aww, admires him. That's so cute. That's another um, fast forward scene as well. It is. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit. And I know shot. he. I understand why he sent him away, but it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, any other favourite scenes? I've kind of, <laughs> I kind of like the scene where Ricky Tar turns up at George's house mm-hmm. and he's just like, just like made himself at home. You yeah. know? Um, but I, I like that scene just because it gave me my one and only favourite line from the film. <laughs> <laughs> Which is? I'm innocent within reason. Within reason, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also goes under one the heading you can use in real life. Use in real exactly, life. Yeah. yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> I am definitely going to use that at work at yes. some point. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Uh-huh. Um, I like I like the end as well. I love the. Brilliant I ending. just love the the. the oh, we'll come back to soundtrack, mm-hmm. but um, the, the the song. Yeah, and the way it's completely different in style. Yeah, just that song just completely changes. The, Such a the happy tone, tone. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, what's going on isn't mm-hmm. happy. I mean, you kind of like. I, I have a bit of anxiety at the end that mm. it's like a false happiness. Like you know, mm. obviously they've got rid of 
the mould that they knew about. But yes. then you just think, but... <laughs> what next? Surely there's more. Yeah. Surely well, there, there is. the only one. There, there, yeah, yeah, there exactly. There was a lot well, of again, other stuff the, going on. Yeah, there were five, yeah. weren't there, yeah. in the actual case. So, yeah. you know, who knows? Well, again, we'll come back to, do we need a prequel or a sequel? Uh-huh. Uh, but I think the end scene as well, um, I've written down kind of under any other business... Why do why do you think he kills Hayden? Betrayal. I kind of saw it as like he had a mm. love for Hayden that yes wasn't, wasn't requited. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of. I, I think he was just kind of like not quite properly dealing with his emotions. Yes, and just yeah. thought I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kill him. I'm just gonna kill him. Yeah. Yeah, for what he's done. For because what you've done to me. I mean, technically he's he responsible. Shot. Yes, yeah, exactly. He's responsible yeah. for him being shot because he yes. was sent on that mission to find out exactly. who the mole was. Yeah. And it was him all along. Yes. So he's kind of ruined his life. Yeah. Maybe in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe one unintentional. <laughs> but True. the other one, you know, very intentional. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. 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 I, I think the first time I saw it, I think I... Um, I think what I took from it was similar to what you said before about the owl, mm-hmm. that he was putting him out of his misery because mm. he knows he's getting sent away. Mm-hmm. He knows it's not going to be nice for him. Yep. And he still loves him. Yeah. Despite everything that's happened. I did wonder that. That's what I first, thought the first yeah. time I saw it. I yeah. thought, oh, that's kind of sweet. It's mm-hmm. kind of sweet. Because mm-hmm. he has a tear, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And after he's shot him, he has yeah. a tear. It's kind of like he's, he's yeah... And it's like, it's a very clean kill, isn't it? I mean, I know yes. it, it shows that it's made a mess of the back of his head yes. when he's laying on the floor, uh-huh. but it's a very clean shot, just poof, straight through his, you know, just it's under his eye. It's not a vindictive yeah, shot. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a, like, I'm just going to pep you with, like, bullets and uh-huh. destroy you. It's, it is it is quite a curving shot, isn't it? Yes. It's quick. And Hayden sees him. Yeah. And he could have avoided it, technically. Mm-hmm. He's a spy. But he kind of knows that actually it's probably for the best anyway. Exactly, yeah. Um, by all accounts, um, there is um, there were two book sequels. One of the sequels does confirm that they were in a relationship. Right, okay. So it wasn't just mm-hmm. unrequited. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe it wasn't because when George is talking to Hayden, mm-hmm. um, he, he says, will you give some money to this woman and then he also says and there's a boy yeah so Mm -hmm. you know maybe yes you know maybe they do have more of a relationship possibly um i mean it could be it could have been business it could have been pleasure i mean the Mm -hmm. relationship that he has with that hayden has with Anne Mm -hmm. is purely to divert smiley's attention Mm -hmm. Um, yeah by drawing his attention, yeah, if you like, but yeah. in a very different way. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So who knows? Maybe his feelings for Jim were genuine, mm-hmm. or maybe it was a similar thing. Maybe yeah, you might have thought he was onto him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of uh, side switching mm-hmm. in so many different ways. Yes, in this film, it's definitely a theme, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, Gwillem in the book isn't gay. He's in a relationship yeah, with a woman that he I then has that, to, yeah. to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but they obviously made it for just this extra level of tension, yeah. I guess. And they kind of said that kind of like having to keep that side of his life yeah. secret would mm-hmm. lend itself to him being a spy. Like, you know, yes. having to have that level of secrecy about uh-huh. 
about his life. And in though in that time, mm-hmm. um, and certainly in the forties and fifties, um, when this case kind of actually happened, sort mm-hmm. of, that would be something you'd be blackmailed about. Yeah. You know, whereas now it probably wouldn't be an issue, I guess. No. Mm-hmm. But back then, that would be something that would make you vulnerable. Yeah, very. Um, so maybe that's why they they put that in. But mm-hmm. he's still throughout the film. He's still he's commenting on ladies. He's flirting with ladies. Yeah, he's keeping up the appearance. The appearance. Yeah. Can I just say um, least favorite scene after the owl was uh-huh. Peter telling his boyfriend oh, to leave. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Oh, it just breaks my heart when he starts mm. crying. I know. I'm like, oh. I know. It but he is. knows he's got to do it. Yes. He's, he's made that choice. Yeah. Yep. He's made that choice. He's like, he's picking his career and what he does for a living. And I guess the importance of what he's doing. Yeah. Over happiness and having a relationship exactly. with the person he, he loves. Yeah. But it's yeah. so sad. It is sad. It is sad. Yeah. Um, I suppose that, that could be why the... Why they changed him uh, to a, a gay character? Mm-hmm. Because Smiley's got a wife. Mm-hmm. Smiley's in a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's not been an issue. Yeah. Um, whereas it would have been for a gay person at that time. Yeah. So I guess it would have been different if he'd have been in a relationship with a woman. That that would probably. Have been. I mean, he may still have been putting her at risk. I guess. Yeah, maybe putting her um, at risk, but it wouldn't but it be something that could be used him. against him. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I suppose that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to Smiley and, and Anne, I just like the fact that there's a happy ending. Oh, well, yeah. It's not, well... It, again, because the conversation he has with Connie mm-hmm. kind of alludes to the fact that she's left him several Before, times yes. and yeah. come back and yeah. gone and come back. But he's he's clearly loves her and he's forgiven her. And I just think it's really sweet when he comes back and she's there. Yeah, it is. It is nice. Mm. It's like, oh, things are finally, yeah. you know... Going his way. Yeah. Um, and the the favourite lines, I know you said you had your, your, <laughs> your own favourite line, yes. but what I, I like when, um, it's not one you can use in real life, <laughs> but um, when Smiley finally just loses it with mm-hmm. him and he says, oh, I'm not a, you know, I can't think what he says. I'm not, oh. I'm not a... Errand boy I'm or not something errand, Yes, I'm like not that. his errand yeah. boy. Yeah. Well, what are you, Bill? Oh, yeah. And it's the only time in the film when he just, like, raises his voice. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because he he's cross at everybody. Mm-hmm. Probably Anne. Yeah. Uh, but he can't show it because he has got this personality where everything's under control mm-hmm. and, you know. But he just... At that he point, he's like, little, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to have a little shout at him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets his happy ending. He does. I like that. I like that ending. Mm-hmm. Me too. Other um, favourite lines I do, I do like where you followed. And mm. I, I think, you know, it would be fun if every time you went to somebody's house they just opened the door. <laughs> <laughs> I did appreciate <laughs> that before. <laughs> um, I also like when um, uh, when Gwillem's in, in the circus lifting the documents, mm. when they get the phone call. Uh, it's an outside line. Someone rough. Oh, someone wrote, yeah. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Oh. And not because it's a particularly interesting line, but I just love when Control is uh, brings them all into the office and they're talking about, uh, the first talking about the documents that have come from witchcraft and yeah. how, oh, we were only just saying that we needed, I'm paraphrasing, we yeah. were only just saying that we needed the information on this and then here it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, 
and he just says, Smiley has his suspicions, oh, no. Percy. It's the delivery of that <laughs> exactly. line. It's just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He's like rubbing like, the nose. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone thinks this is suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> yeah. Like you say, it's just the way he delivers it. Mm-hmm. Just kind of loses his cool again for a second. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that is a good line. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think those, those are my, my favourite lines. Mm hmm. Um, the other scene well it's not I've already said that the the scene that I like is uh, Gwillem lifting the documents but within that scene when he gets called into the big orange soundproof room and they're threatening him with prison when the three of them are just looking at him when they they say like you know are you you happy about going to prison Mm -hmm. and you just get that shot of the three of them just not saying anything but just looking at him I think that's uh, that's really good they're very intimidating oh goodness yeah absolutely is there any good food? What was the thing they were eating in the cafe? In Budapest. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they were eating it, but they were discussing something called pork hold. Yeah, but then you, a Hungarian... Hungarian guy was like, yeah. he started scoffing it, didn't he? Yes. While they were still chatting, and then that's when Jim got like it the all, heebie-jeebies yes, and was yeah. like, this isn't uh-huh. right. Pork old. Pork yeah, old. I'd forgotten Apparently about that. it's hung- Hungary's national stew, a little bit like goulash. Ah, okay. Apparently. Right. Um, Fair but enough. yeah, I don't know if they actually get to have any. Mm-hmm. They're discussing it, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like um, I like the fact that the, the minister, um, uh, Oliver Blackham, is it? Yes. Um, he's, he, just, he just sits back eating tea and, tea and toast. What is in that? In the middle of the meeting. How does he butter his toast? <laughs> <laughs> ah. Every time I've watched it, I've been like, who Dude. butters the toast like that? Unbelievable. Oh, it's just so wrong. It's like you're going to put toast crumbs everywhere. everywhere. You might yeah. drop your butter. Oh, yeah. Ew. At that point, it kind of made me... Like, you know when he lounges back at his chair as well? Yes. I think I got a Jacob Reese mug sort of like vibe <laughs> and I was like, oh, I bet yeah. that's how he butters his toast I'll as well. I'll tell you what, though. Ugh. It looks good, doesn't it? When he bites that into toast the toast, does look good. It makes a good it makes crunch. A good cr- yeah, whoever's yeah. the foley artist on that scene, that yeah. is right. Is really good, good crunch. That that's like toast that's been allowed to cool before mm. you butter it. Yeah, mm. this is the weird thing. Whenever I go on holiday and I have yeah. like toast and marmalade or whatever for breakfast, mm-hmm. it's always cold. Yeah. And I love it. Mm-hmm. So why, when I'm at home, do I not just let my toast cook up? You need to make a toast pyramid as well. Why is this? Because if you let your toast cool on the plate, it, it gets sweaty. Soggy. You get toast sweat. This is the point of having. But him indoors introduced rack. me to no toast pyramid. Way. So you just make a little pyramid with your toast, let it cool. That's so and good. And then you butter it once it's yeah. cooled down. Yeah, yeah. Toast pyramids. It's the future. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning all the time. Yeah. Uh, the wimpy is not a wimpy. Mm, Okay. Um, what was it? The whole thing was filmed. I mean, we, Wimpy wasn't really a thing in 2011, is it? It's no, it was in the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> when you weren't around, but it definitely was. Um, there were still Wimpies in the 80s. Yeah, I, I think mean, there I think one, but there yeah. were still Did, Wimpies. I, I think there's probably still some Wimpies around now. Is there really? I think so. I think so. Footnote: There are indeed 64 Wimpies still in existence in the UK. The closest to She Watchables HQ is in Birkenhead, if you fancy a road trip back to the 1970s, Betty. It's reassuringly quaint. You can get a toasted tea cake or two slices of toast with jam or marmalade for breakfast. The method of buttering said toast is undisclosed. 
But we, we kind of skipped over how British is it? Very. Mm. Um, it was filmed in Budapest. The In the book, um, it's set in Czechoslovakia, oh, right, I believe. Okay. But uh, Hungary offers uh, tax breaks to hey. uh, filming companies. <laughs> so uh, that's why. Mm-hmm. And also a disused army barracks in London. Right. And they literally just transformed a bit of the army barracks into a whimper. Right. And oh, okay. The, um, the you can see a like a pedestrian crossing outside. Mm-hmm. That's completely made up. It's like it's not. Yeah, it, it, it isn't a wimpy. Fair enough. But uh, there you go. The magic of cinema. Woof. Um, the tree bombings that um, Gary Oldman's eating at the end when he's waiting. Oh um, yeah. Apparently, were were just a prop. Gary Oldman just decided at the last moment. This is what Smiley would do. Fair enough. In this circumstance, uh, wants to have nice fresh breath. <laughs> Ready for, um, he obviously just wanted to appear cool. Cool, yes. <laughs> oh, again, I'm doing air quotes. Yeah, on the way. I can't see you. Come on, Betty. <laughs> uh, Gary Oldman also did a bit of went a bit method uh-huh. for this. He ate a lot of treacle sponge and custard to prepare for this part, just to put on that little bit of padding. Well, oh, if yes. that's all it takes to be a method actor, I am <laughs> in. Where do I sign? <laughs> it does sound. <laughs> Um, maybe because that's like a 70s pudding you know maybe it just wouldn't have worked uh, had he eaten you know Black Forest Gatto no that was 70s no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what's like what's current like Krispy Kreme donuts I don't know suddenly my brain all, all I could think of was 70s puddings it was like creme brulee no <laughs> jam roly poly spotty dick no arctic roll no <laughs> yeah I mean it's, why, why stick with treacle sponge and custard he had all these desserts to mm-hmm. go on Mm-hmm. Uh, there's booze as well there's the punch at the past that we've already mm. mentioned and the whiskey at Connie's oh yeah. he is a bit <gasps> mean that's naughty yes it is it is yeah making mm-hmm. a drink against a doctor's orders <laughs> not that he had to try too hard he didn't all he did was just like gently <laughs> shake the bottle <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yeah my me thinks the lady doth possess not enough <laughs> yeah. um, is there any running I don't recall any no, uh, no, not there's really. Some, there's some wild swimming at some point. That's <sighs> the closest we can get. That looks chilly. It's supposed to be very, very good for you. I know. It's very, very current. But that's the sort of thing that only the people crazy enough to do it mm. say that it's really good for you. Mm. And everybody else is looking at it going, no, it doesn't look like it's going to be good for me. No, not for me. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Um, did you get a degree of Richard Curtis? Was it the easy one? The Did you even one. bother to get any of <laughs> Well, see, on my notes, I wrote Richard Curtis, but uh-huh. because it's right at the bottom of the page... You just wrote... I, I forgot to come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> I see from your notes that, like me, you have just written Colin, Colin Firth. Firth. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got or oh, dot, dot, dot. Oh, yes. Well, I thought, oh. I thought I'd be a bit... I'd, I'd, you know, I break the habit of a lifetime and try and be slightly more entertaining mm-hmm. than that. Because uh, obviously, Colin Firth was in Bridget Jones' Diary. Yeah, written and directed Richard Curtis. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, Van Hoytemer is usually associated with Christopher Nolan films. Mm-hmm. One of which was Dunkirk. Yeah. Starring Kenneth Branagh, who played Sir Alistair Dormandy in The Bolt That Rocked. Oh, written and directed okay. by oh, well Richard done. Curtis. Oh, oh. Tom Hardy played the unintelligible John Fitzhenry in The Revenant. Mm-hmm. 
alongside Domhnall Gleeson, mm-hmm. who played Captain Andrew Henry, and he also starred in About Time. There written go. and directed, but there are many. Oh, well done, you. I mean, there are many. I could, I could have gone on. There are so yeah. many, and a lot of these, a lot of these actors uh-huh. are in films with each other mm-hmm. as well. There's so many films where they star together, so yeah. you could just go on forever, mm-hmm. couldn't you? You could, but um, yes. So sorry. No good effort. No, that is like, fair enough. Straight e, to the E minus for this, not A minus, E minus for mine. <laughs> <laughs> but it proves our point. Everything can be transferred. Oh, totally. Um, to Richard Curtis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Tom Hardy deserves a special mention for yeah. once again looking schlubby <laughs> in this film. It's kind of like his venom. Um, <laughs> looking schlubby. <laughs> I like that word, schlubby. Yeah, but he kind of is, isn't he? You know. Yeah, but I think, um, I don't know if it was the casting director, but the, the person that suggested him for the part mm-hmm. said that he had a Robert Redford vibe about him, mm-hmm. which I can kind of see, mm-hmm. because I've never really thought that Robert Redford was particularly handsome okay. in a conventional way, mm-hmm. Yeah, and yet he's, he's an attractive man. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And I think Tom Hardy's the same. When I'm, you kind of you put him together, yeah, you think, well, no, it shouldn't work. I don't know. I'd say I don't get that with Tom Hardy. Do you not? I mean, I I have a lot of appreciation for Tom Hardy. Well, as as do I. Yes, but um, like in the in the looks department, I have a lot of yes. appreciation for Tom Hardy. And in this, I kind of like the hot mess exactly. going on. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. people say Slubby. this about yeah. Slubby. People say this about Venom, don't they? It's like he spends the yeah. whole film looking absolutely oh, it dreadful. Looks way worse in Venom, yeah. though. Like, it looks like an addict gone wild. He looks like a, a homeless person, and he's still 100% hotter uh-huh. than the next hottest person in the film. <laughs> what, what is it? What is going on there? Charisma. Charisma, that's what it is. Is that voice as well? Mm, yes. I love his voice. Yes. Yeah. But he's very good mm-hmm. in this. He is. And you can understand what he's saying, which yeah. is always good. <laughs> he's not got <laughs> anything covering his face. Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and was also in Dunkirk. So again, that's yeah. we could have another crossover another there, couldn't we? Yeah. I do right. feel a bit sorry for um, his character, Ricky Tarr, at the end when he's kind of waiting oh, in Paris no. for his girlfriend, oh. who is clearly, as we know, not very going dead. to arrive. Yeah, I know. That is That's sad. Very, very rubbish. Yeah, I kind of like that bit at the end. I don't like it, but um, where they kind of, this is, you know, what happens next mm-hmm. for these people? Because for yeah. some people, you're kind of rubbing your hands thinking, yes, Alalang has got thrown out. Mm-hmm. Um, Smiley's back in, mm-hmm. in charge. But yeah. Oh, I feel like Ricky Tarr is, is going to wait there for his girl to turn up and she doesn't mm-hmm. and I think he's going to realise that like something bad's happened Yes, I think he's going to go back into the service mm. even though he said to George Smiley I don't want to end yeah. up like you I want to have yes. a family and children uh-huh. and a life and stuff Yeah, I think he's just going to be like this is all I really know and mm-hmm. she's not coming Yeah, so he just kind of falls back into it maybe mm. well you know maybe I kind of feel like I should go and read the sequels mm. and find out what happens. Maybe. Um, there was a rumour um, a bit ago that Smiley's People was going to be uh, the film sequel. Mm-hmm. But we're now ten years on. 
I mean, we've waited longer for sequels. We certainly have. Much longer. Yes. But... And now seems to be the time for sequels that are, yeah, as, as we discussed, uh, <laughs> I think, a couple of uh, couple of months ago. Yeah. For sequels that are way overdue. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Yeah. You never know. It's possible. Um, but yeah, that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it got derailed. Um, but yeah, maybe we need to go and read the book instead. Find out what happens to some yeah, of these people. Yeah, I think we will. Footnote. As recently as last December, Thomas Alfredson spoke about a sequel, saying that the rights to the source material had now reverted to the John le Carre estate. A TV reboot is planned in the future, but sadly he is unlikely to be part of it, as it is likely to involve remaking the whole book series, including another remake of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Shame. Um, can you watch it with your mum? Yes. Yeah, might have to explain it a little bit. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might take a few watchings. But then, like we said before, we don't. It we didn't pick everything yeah, up. To be fair, and yeah, even yeah. on these rewatches now, you know, still getting things that we didn't necessarily get or remember from previous viewings. Yeah. But yeah, this is definitely something more watchable with mother. Yes, it's more a conventional mm-hmm. uh, tab A goes into slot B type <laughs> film, isn't yeah. it? Even yeah. though it's by a convoluted route. Yeah. yeah. Um, I looked it up on the um, BBFC. Um, just, in fact, I'm not sure what rating it is. is it oh, it's 15. 15. Yeah. Um, it contains strong language, sex, violence, and bloody injury detail. Mm. Yeah, there's a bit of that. I was thinking about like why has it got the 15 rating? Yeah. Because the language not yeah. so much a problem no, these days. You no. get a 12A with that. Yeah. The general violence in it again, you'd probably get it in a 12A. But I think it's the. Um, the bathtub scene. Yes. Yeah, the intestines. And then, like, the, the throat scene. Um, tufty, yes. Yeah, yeah and, with the flies. Yeah, and then, mm. obviously, the end as well. Yes. But, I mean, that's quite mild yeah, compared to the other two. Yeah, it is. But I think it's kind of those things, yeah, I reckon, yeah. that gives it that 15 edge. I, I did read a, a couple of, because I do like to read bad reviews, and I did read a couple <laughs> of people who were saying, like, what oh, about the gratuitous sex? And I'm not going to lie, I'm not, I'm not a pervert, mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted to wind it back and look for this because I feel like <laughs> I, I missed out. I know, was I was it? just Where like, was it? gratuitous? No, and I think it's just that scene yeah. where Ricky Ty has got the flashback right? and he's um, telling them what happened yeah. when his girlfriend, or the lady who was going to be his girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, came back and found his uh, her uh, fella in yeah. bed with someone else. But you see it from a distance. Yeah. And I've seen much more gratuitous yeah you don't see any like body parts no not at all you know a bit of bare nakedness going on but no body parts to be seen really it's very very strange that people would complain about that Mm. when you've got a man literally uh lying dead in a bathtub of his own intestines Mm. that is quite a yeah that's the thing to to upset you really it's making us both pull this face exactly right now like you you guys can You'll know the face. Yeah. The mm. uh, face. Exactly. No. So I did think that was a bit strange. That's yep. quite an odd thing to complain about in this <laughs> film. Unless they were watching some kind of some People different People do like to complain about really strange things, though. Yeah. So. Oh, unless they were watching some other version of it that yeah. maybe picked up in a dodgy film store. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can make your own jokes about what that might have been called. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> tinker, 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 tinker. <laughs> or something to that maybe, effect. Maybe. I'll tell you what really tickled me was um, <laughs> on the, BB- the BBFC website, sometimes um, 
accidentally criticises a film or a bit of a film mm -hmm. just by a sentence that's that's in that. Mm -hmm. And it says, it's talking about the, um, uh, the violence and it actually mentions the owl, specifically mentions the yeah. owl scene. But it says, it is clear that the owl is not a real animal. <laughs> it's like, burn... <laughs> like, well, I was pretty convinced. Well, you're saying that the CG people didn't do the know, job yeah. properly. It is clear that the owl is not a real animal. <laughs> oh, I, was, I didn't think that was harsh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, is it a more movie? Uh, so no, it's really not. It's not. There's a little bit of feminist graffiti. Mm. Um, I'm not sure why that's in there, but um, there's a big uh, placard that says the future is female. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah, I totally yeah. missed that. It just really stood out to me because I thought it's interesting because I guess it is. Yeah. I guess there are probably as many, or maybe not as many, but there's probably an awful lot more female spies. I mean, Connie mm -hmm. was was not in the field, mm -mm. was she? No. You know, and she's really she our was only... She like the sort of like office intelligence exactly. worker. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I wonder. And there seem to be a lot of women in the office, definitely like, working, yeah. obviously doing. Yeah, I would imagine similar jobs and things. So uh -huh. yeah, it kind of represents. Well, I suppose they didn't well, let them out but... in the in the field at that time because look what happened with uh, Miss Money Penny. Yes, you know, true. And I'm mixing my franchises, but so, <laughs> um, can't be trusted with a gun. <laughs> apparently, uh, when obviously when um, uh, Prudhoe's being tortured, mm -hmm. it's a, a, a female operative. Mm -hmm. That's playing the um, the tapes to him, and apparently, according to John Le Carre, all the Russian um, sound engineers, what they call that's a good euphemism. Yeah, they were all women. Right. Okay. I, I'm shrugging my shoulders. Yeah. I don't know why, but apparently that was a thing. Okay. So that's you know that's a legitimate detail. Um, Very odd, but interesting. Fine. So my point is that we have got some mm -hmm. women in positions of power. I mean, yeah. literally. Yeah. In that case. Yeah. Um, but it's not a more movie, mm -hmm. technically. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I think this falls under the category of it's it's okay, it's fine. Yeah. Because it's a film about the uh, about MI5, MI6 in the 70s. Yeah, it's of its time. And that was a male world mm -hmm. at that time. Like you say, with women in certain positions, mm -hmm. but not, um, uh, yeah, not doing the same job yeah. as the men. Yeah. So I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. We'll Me allow too. it. Um, soundtrack. Uh, the original score was written by Alberto Iglesias. Yeah. Uh, who also scored The Constant Gardener. Again, Oscar nominated, beaten by the artist. Oh, I know. Yeah. I love the artist. I like the I'd artist. like to watch the artist again, but I lent it to someone about ten years ago and never got it back. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure it's on Netflix. Oh. Um... Yeah, Alberto Iglesias, like, when I saw his name for the original Scar, I was thinking, oh, I don't, don't recognise that mm -hmm. name. But, I mean, Spanish composer by name. Um, but it turns out he did a whole load of Pedro Amlodovar. He did, yeah. Soundtrack, yeah, so. so, yeah. Yeah. I thought, oh. And then when you actually listen to the soundtrack, it's... Mm -hmm. I think it's really well done for this film. Yeah. And it's kind of made me want to go back and watch some Pedro films exactly, to like yeah, listen to I, his music again and see. Because yeah. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head sort of no. standing out. But I just think actually if he did those films the way he did the soundtrack for Tinker Taylor, mm. good job. Yeah. yeah. Really good job. I certainly wouldn't. Like you said, with the, uh, the DP, mm -hmm. you can kind of see it, can't you, when mm -hmm. you think about the Chris Nolan films. But yeah. I would never have made a connection between this film and 
Almodova, but like you say, yeah. kind of probably need to go. We'll, we'll put one on the list. Yeah, oh, we should. Yeah, yeah, we've not done any yeah. yet. We haven't. Oh, no, we yeah. should. We should. Um, obviously, you got that song at the end, La It's one of them songs that really gets in your head. Really does. Yeah. Uh, and the weird thing is that I'd actually heard the, I think it was Bobby Darin version of it, in the car on the way home <laughs> the night when I watched this film. No which was really, really strange. Yeah, well, it's that song oh, that's crazy. again. Um, we've got the George Formby song, Mr. Wu's a Window Cleaner Now, mm-hmm. that's playing in the garage when the rough person uh, <laughs> um, That, it was taken from a film where George Formby is mistaken for a spy. Ah, okay. It's, you know contextual yes meta <laughs> um and the russian national anthem at yeah. the party it makes me laugh because um, we did have a colleague that had the russian national anthem as a ringtone at one point if you remember that i don't actually yes i think i can you can probably I figure can out guess that which yeah. colleague it so was. when i first yes. saw this film it made me laugh because immediately <laughs> i went that's the russian national anthem yeah. <laughs> even though i probably wouldn't have known otherwise yeah. <laughs> and apparently when they're all singing towards the Santa um, Lenin oh yeah um, they're actually just looking Santa at a, <laughs> they're actually just looking at a screen with all the words on ah right which so, okay, kind of makes yeah. sense doesn't it that does make sense mm-hmm. um, I think that's it in terms of there's not again it's one of those soundtracks that's low key yeah it's not like one you would just put on in your car and listen to it while you're no. driving around or no. something but for the in the context of the film it's it does the job it's there to do. It does. Sets the scene. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Definitely. Has it dated? No. Mm-mm. I don't know how you could date a, a film that's so steeped in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. I mean, it's, it's no. dated in as much as... It's I supposed mean, to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be. The I've got to say, I do love seeing all the 70s cars and the I 70s know. outfits. Yes, yeah. 70s hairdos. Yeah. Decor in the houses yeah. in the buildings. Yeah. Yeah. The attention to detail, oh like we yeah. were saying earlier, is fantastic. Very but so. I do love watching, like, like period pieces like this. Uh-huh. Not like, you know, not like really old period yes. dramas and things, but mm-hmm. like these sort of like 80s, 70s, 60s sort of era things. It, the, the most depressing thing is when you go, we had one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, didn't I really in this film, that. but yeah, exactly. We yeah. had that car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> it is. It is. It's fab. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, not really COVID safe. Mm-mm. Lots of no. people in office parties. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they're fine. We know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've done Could It Start a franchise. Um, uh, any other business, I guess. I guess we're down to that. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of authors um, use the pseudonym. Mm-hmm. For writing their books. So John Le Carre, who sounds like, you know, very exotic. He does, yes. In name. Spy um, name. He, I know, yeah. yeah. It's a good name, I think. It good is. Name. Actually, I'd really like to know where he got that name from, oh. where he chose that name. But um, anyway, well, I'm, well, I'm getting yeah, sidetracked. We'll look into that, yeah. Uh, so his real name is David John Moore Cornwell. David John Moore Cornwell. Wow. Yeah. That's a bit of a mouthful. I can see why you went for something. And not such a spy type name. No, I mean, Did he write any books under his real name? Um, no, I don't, I don't know, just actually. The I think to... he just used John Le Carre as Was that, ah, uh, maybe it's, yeah. I was going to say maybe it's sometimes... because of his time in the Secret Service yeah. that he changed the name, but basically everyone knows who he is, so. Yeah, well, I think he actually started writing uh-huh. while he was still in the service, so right. maybe that's Maybe why. that's why. Footnote. As we suspected, as an MI6 operative, David John Moore Cornwell was not allowed to publish under his own name when he wrote his first novel in 1962. 
One of the inspirations for the George Smiley character, Lord Clam Morris, also wrote crime novels under the pseudonym John Bingham. So David followed suit and chose Le Carré, which is French for The Square, for reasons unknown. But apparently he, appears, he has a cameo in Oh, the he film. does, at the party. At the party. Yes, he does. Drunk. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. He does. Um, what I spotted was the bulldog. Did you spot the bulldog in Control's office? I didn't, no. Um, and it looked exactly like the one that uh, M has oh, on her desk okay. in the, uh, in, in the uh, James oh. Bond films that she's in. And I just wondered, is it, is it the exact same... Bulldog, yeah. But apparently, Royal Dalton made them. Oh um, right, back okay. in the day. Um, so, so you could just get these bulldogs. You could just in get abundance. the bulldogs with the uh, with the Union flag on. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. really cool. But the ones in this film mm-hmm. um, actually belonged to uh, John Le Carre. Oh no way. Um, yeah, uh, and the desk apparently mm-hmm. is a real one um, from mm-hmm. the um, intelligence service. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, lots of little. Little knickknacks yeah. that he's pinched, presumably, mm. from his time in the service. Um, but yeah, I really like that. I just mm. like that little um, that little detail. Yeah. And you thought, well, did did M did she have that as a as a, a throwback to, to the exactly yeah, to this? Or maybe it was just that every I don't know. Maybe everyone was issued with them. <laughs> I kind of wish I had one now. Yeah. I wonder if you can still get them. But if I ever see one here now, I'm going to think that you're a British intelligence. <gasps> Possibly. Agent. Yeah, it would be a bit of a giveaway. Mm. And I tell you that when I, I, I can't even remember how I went down this um, rabbit hole, this most <laughs> rabbit hole of rabbit holes. Um, but sometimes you just type in the name of a film and it just takes you somewhere interesting. Yeah. And you think, oh, you know. And there's uh, there's a website called The Palimpsest. The, and I never know how to say that. So I'm just going to say The Palimpsest because okay. it's one of those strange uh, words. And it's a website that's entirely devoted mm-hmm. to identifying pens in films. Okay. And it was absolutely wow. fascinating. I was gripped. <laughs> I was literally gripped. I, I the internet has finally, <laughs> finally become of use. I think the internet has folded in on itself at this point. Um, but I urge you to look at it. It's so well written. Okay. It's so, but it's literally like the pen that Control signs the document with is a... I can't think what it is. Mm-hmm. But they identify all the pens wow. that are used in this film. Okay. And it's so lovingly done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... It's obviously someone who loves their subject. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely fascinating. I love it. You go get a person who created this yeah. website. You carve a niche absolutely. out for yourself. yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I do urge you. So I, it's uh, the palimpsest. The palimpsest. Oh, I can't say it. I can't spell it. The palimpsest. dot co. dot uk. Um, Tinker Taylor sold his by pen spotting HTML. <laughs> it's, like, it's so niche. It's amazing. I love it. Honestly, it really is. Uh, don't worry, guys. We'll put a link on our oh, social yes. media we so that because will. we know I'm you will be rushing. You will. You will. To that website. You'll be rushing oh. to that website. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I don't know if you have any other business. I'd just <laughs> like to ask you, could you be a spy? No. No, me neither. No. I'd because, be no, I go I go red and blotchy too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think your elder sister could do. Yeah. Yeah, she's scurvily she good cold. at lying. Yeah, yeah. And not in a bad ice. way, not in a, just, you know, just in case you're listening, not in a bad way, you know. But yeah, yeah I, I think reckon she, she could. could. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
I'm with you on that, therefore. But I remember there being a programme back in the day that's almost impossible to Google because it was called Spy, I think, on right. BBC. And it was like one of these, it was like a, an early reality TV mm-hmm. programme where instead of being like the best baker, it was who can be the best spy. <laughs> and they sent them on these, I, I've got to find out if it's available somewhere because mm-hmm. I was thinking about it when I was watching this. They sent them on these missions and you just thought, there's no way I could even do this, even for a programme, mm-hmm. you know, even knowing that it's not. Yeah. Um, and the way they set it up, I mean, we're all a bit more um, wise about how TV works these mm-hmm. days, aren't we? And, you know, things things are not exactly as they seem. Yeah. You know, but certainly the way that they presented this was like, if you get caught, you can't say you're on a TV programme. Right, okay. You know, he really ramped the stakes <laughs> up. It was fascinating. Oh, no and even just watching that, I was like... There's no way I could do this. Yeah. Not even for a TV programme. Yeah. There's no, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. No, there's a, there's a show on now, um, mm-hmm. on, I think it's like Channel 4, uh-huh. um, and I think it's called like Manhunt or something. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, you have to like go off grid. Yes. You just, you just, you've got to disappear. Yeah. And the last person to get caught, basically. But people yeah. are like, people manage for like days or even weeks, some of them. I'm like, well, I know, I couldn't do that. I suppose, I don't know, I'd maybe... I'd be busted straight away. I'd be one of the people that go easier. straight to a cash point and just... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, take a selfie yeah. in, uh, next to Buckingham Palace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know whether it'd be easier these mm. days than it was with this older programme or harder yeah. because you've got access to your phone, but if you use your phone, people oh, might be able to find you. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. No, I absolutely couldn't do it. Mm-mm. I've just got enough stress in just. I think I'd just sit down day. where I was and go, "It's all right." Yeah, just come and get me. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any other business? Um, no, I think. Uh, awesome. All done. Good. We can get mm-hmm. our pizza now. We can. We have a rapidly cooling pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, next month it's. Spooky, spooky time again. Mm-hmm. You know what? We could do like the right one in. That would be a, that would be a good um, link, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would actually. We could do that. Yeah, but now we've told our listeners what we might do. It's we have. a surprise, I guess. It would, yeah. But you know, well, Maybe well, we'll see, we'll see. We will, but it'll be something terrifying, <laughs> ghastly. Yes. Um, thank you for joining us. Yeah. For Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. If you haven't watched it already, <laughs> sorry, I'm really sorry. <laughs> if you have, then I hope you've enjoyed us um, just waffle about it for around an hour. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll be back again next month. Yeah. Take care, guys. God save the king. Oh, God save the king.